Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician and composer. Each season of Dissect dives deep into a single album, forensically dissecting the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. Our newest season is covering Tyler the Creator's Igor, a beautifully honest album in which Tyler explores love, communication, masculinity, and truth. Listen to Dissect today only on Spotify, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. We're your sound-only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts from the trap, talking about future. Why I'm leaning into it in a, in a little different way <laughs> I, this week, talking yeah, about future. Yeah. <laughs> you got to end on that little intriguing Future. Wait, Michael, what was the conversation we were... Is, we were were we talking about Glover or Kanye? We were like, we really should just be doing an episode about future. Which one was that? I think we might have been talking about Kanye. Okay. I think uh, when it was just sort of uh, remarking on the isolated phenomenon of Kanye quoting his own lyrics in an interview of being like, "Damn, that was really crazy." I said that and doing like the whole looks into camera, I won five championships thing. Yeah. Like future should be able to have that, but like it would sort of crack like uh, his appeal sort of in like a vital way to do that, to even have like a sort of victory lap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the contrast you were drawing was with the interview where he, where the person asked him like how, how much you spend on girls. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we was talking about, like, Kanye was trying to be like, hey, I tricked too, and, like, Future just, like, sort of, like, does it matter factly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, but he kind of also gets to have it both ways. He gets to have it, like, you know, sort of, like, the actual, like, yeah, like, you know, in, in sort of the matter of fact, oh, I, I spent three million on women this year as a side question or like, you know, one in a rapid fire 16 round of trivia 
And he also gets to play this, like, you know, trust up character in a Tom Brown short suit on Jimmy Kimmel Live, like walking into a live performance on Love of Love You Better, which I gotta tell you is incredible if you haven't taken the time to watch it. It's like I it's beautiful, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. starting from a very corny place also. I mean, like, you know, it's it's starting from a live in-studio performance of a song that is, you know, heavily, you know, produced with a set and everything and actors on Kimmel Live. It was like, it starts out kind of corny-ish, but then it works like a treat. Like, it's crazy. You really got to watch it if you haven't. But I think, okay. Insofar as we're going to talk about Future Today, right? I don't think we're necessarily talking just... A, we could talk about I Never Liked You, right? Which is like the big, latest, main future thing to talk about. But I, I do think that like... I don't know. Have we ever had a dedicated convo about Future? Because there's a lot there. I don't know that we necessarily had a dedicated convo about like Future in isolation. I think we might have even had like a drive-by conversation about I Never Like You when it came out. Yeah. Uh, in the spring or late spring. And I mean, like, we've had, like, a whole summer for it to, you know, like, have its effect. Yeah. Or not. Um, And I mean, it felt, like, ephemeral, maybe even marginal, like, at the time, you know, but also, it's just sort of, you know, if you go back to it, you're going to find something on it that you like if you go back to it later, if you actually take the time with it, which is a weird thing to say about Future also, but... It um, is, but it's like, normally when you say something like that about the artist, you'd be saying it was fucking logic-headed ass. You know, you'd be like, you really got to spit. But with Future, it's more about the fact that Future, I think, because of the pace... Because of like, I don't know, his whole shtick and the pace at which he sometimes releases music, it's more like, oh, it's because your expectations for future sometimes wrong foot you, you know, like to me, I think what I remember saying about I Never Liked You is like, oh, yeah, this reminds me that like future makes the albums that Drake wishes he could make. Like this is kind of I Never Liked You is like yeah. a really good sort of eclectic. I think we might have word, even but, said that it was sort of like him doing the Post Malone thing. Like it was like a Drake and... A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like um, trying to be, yeah, a little bit like I'm giving you my real like self. <laughs> you know, which... But also, while, while also <laughs> playing a character. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's sort of sponsored by like, you know, the <laughs> album cover is a GQ cover, is the right. GQ spread. Right. Um, you will only ever get so close and honestly, that's a like that's a boon rather than a bane. Like it's like a gift that we don't really know, like a whole that we don't know a whole lot about future, despite him having had the length of career that he's had. Because I mean, like, because it's now going, he's thirty eight, and still, you know, putting up fourteen vital points off of the bench like consistently <laughs> like it's it's like this thing has worked stretched into okay so here's a here's a thought i was having like earlier you will have seen that maybe that future was one of the latest artists to sell his catalog to 
um, this music rights company called Influence Media Partners uh, for eight figures. I think it was like the figures reported around 60 something million. Um, but it spans like all the Rihanna stuff, the weekend stuff, the Kendrick Lamar stuff, everything from 2004 to 2020. Jumpman. Um, and it was one of like, I don't know, like it's 612 songs, right? And I feel like nothing is lost. Like he could just as easily <laughs> turn make out like, like he can make another 612 <laughs> songs. It really felt like, like I was just like, oh, wow. Well, uh, okay. Like, you know, and then I went to look like I, like I went to look like, oh, did he sell the rights to, um, like 7.12 p.m.? Like 7.12 mm. p.m. Like really, if you go back, I don't know if we really gave that that song the time of. I think that we were flipping out about gold stacks at the yeah. time. Maybe like um, I think uh, probably the bonus tracks, the ESTG and like Babyface Ray records were. We were like, oh, those are good, but seven twelve p.m. Like the intro is like just ascending to a higher like I mean like the especially like the second verse where he's just kind of like I got some shooters that are like <laughs> like shoot up the funeral you think a nigga like me give a fuck about a nigga shoot up the church I gotta take this shit up with God cause I'm a God here on the earth <laughs> it goes to outer space <laughs> after that yeah. it is it is seriously a crazy record and he made that like this year and I was thinking about like, oh, well, you know, I really, I feel like maybe his best music is ahead of him. It's it's like a crazy thought to have also. Um, yeah, it's also a crazy thought because so much, so much future lyrics. Like if you Okay, you really sit with I Never Liked You, right? There's a certain kind of charisma future has. There's a certain way with words he has, even though at this point, You've listened to 612 Future songs and you know that there exists a kind of future Mad Libs. You know, mm -hmm. like you sh it, it feels like you should be able to anticipate every permutation of like future talk about doing something up a girl's butt or something like that. You know what I mean? And <laughs> fucking yeah. some dick is bitch. Yeah, there's like, it's, it's <laughs> like you think he's done, he's, he's found every way to say it. <laughs> and yet he's finding new ways to do it's like it's and yet and yet <laughs> it's true it's it's, true. it's it's i mean i think that we might have we might have been talking about i might have been talking about being like really energized by like a couple of like real boss richie music videos like mm -hmm, a yeah. couple episodes ago or whatever yeah. that project public housing is really good number one Number two, the future like features on it are like some of the best rapping he's done in like the last six years. Um, specifically on that song that I was talking about, Bullseye Two, because he shoots back at Jay Z on it. Like, is like you know when Jay Z said the thing about like in the future niggas playing football with your son, yeah, like and it kind of like it rankled, and you were just kind of like, well, I mean, you know. Future's going out sad. Like, the revenge dad fantasy is over. Like, you know, this has kind of run its course. He needs to get off Twitter, find a new lane, do something more artistic, blah, 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 blah. You know, so whatever it was. Like, like, but it was, 
you know what the like you yeah. you remember what the conversations were, and then for it to be like him to come back and be like, if my nigga was a jigger, I'm the type to go have to be, like on this or like on a record outside in full view of all of the available resources that you imagine they have, <laughs> just to have you disappeared. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just sort of, there's a different energy that he brings to rapping, like, alongside street niggas, like, because, I mean, like, he's basically survived a number of, like, ah, who knows how many different generations at this point, and is now inspired by and rapping alongside them, and they push him into more interesting places or more fun places at least yeah and it's the fact that even despite the fact that you've heard 612 future songs the fact that he's still capable of going to those fun places and yet even with that you you still don't really know future right like that's at all at all yeah at all um i okay a couple things can we flash back a little bit because it's like I remember, if you, okay, I was at Complex, right? And I remember the the infamous, now infamous future mixtape run. And here's the thing. Like, sometimes people, you know, we work for The Ringer, we work in web media. People, you know, websites do lists, right? And web, websites rank things, right? And I fucking hate list culture and rank ranking culture. But I remember it was like during the future, I, I remember when it was, I was listening to like Real Sisters on loop for like three months, right? Like that period of American culture, right? And it was like, it was like the one stretch where it was like, I'd be at Complex and we would be in these sort of mid-year, end-of-year ranking meetings. And it was before people really, really knew. It was like before you had DS2 that sort of cemented it that like, it's okay to get on this bandwagon now, right? It was when we sort of knew Future was like special, right? That special, like, Future was finally, like, becoming Future, but it was, like, there were just so many songs, right? It's that feeling you're talking about where he was still, like, a mess of mixtape shit, basically. Like, and I just remember sitting in those meetings, and it's, like, everybody, like, I remember I was really bullish on Future. Some people were less bullish, but everybody in that meeting had a different three songs that they would they would stand for, right? Every single yes. person had a different three. And that was future. That was the moment, right? Like that there's is so, so many. Like there's like even now. Like it was like he was wearing. It, it was like I was telling you. Like he wore the same outfit in that real boss Richie video that he did in the DJ Khaled video, where it was sort of like a sandals resort like promo thing that was going on into just being with street niggas outside. Like he goes into Jimmy Kimmel and he does like, and he does his uh his his Prince ballad reclining on a on a love chaise, <laughs> yeah. you know, and a like behind a fog machine, you know, if that's what you want, if you want romantic future that's there for you too, pop star future, um, like you know. You, there's also like perfect mediums of that, like out of space, bitch. Like if you want to choose like a specific song um i like it's just sort of the, it it work he works everywhere he yeah. can he can be anywhere and disappear just as quickly <laughs> yeah what do you make okay so then 
what do you make like to your point about how I never liked you kind of sneaks up on you. I still don't know what to make of the weird like two to three year stretch of Future's career where he did frankly become kind of like oh, hard the, to listen the, to. The future fatigue. Yeah. Kind of like okay so placing this in context or along a timeline this was after um, this was after What a Time to Be Alive which like sort of was like I if you want the like the crowning achievement and the championship, whatever run, like the like the Michael Jordan's fifth championship, blah blah blah. You saw the memes, whatever. Wait, actually, no. Before you proceed forward, stick a. Let's stay on this for a second. What do you think sure. of what a time to be alive? Um, what a time to be alive feels more indicative of a time than like I can say go back and like okay so none of the songs that like I really like was fucking with at the time when What a Time to Be Alive uh, came out are the ones that I still stick with now like I like I'm more into like the the singular records like the ones that they're with that they're on together don't really sound they sound specifically of the time that they came out mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um however like jersey is like yeah <laughs> yes yes yeah we got uh, our producer stefan anderson saying jersey <laughs> hive stand up in the chat exactly jersey is like is 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 still a great record but i think that like the other ones like they just don't really match energies like as well as they do later on, like in their in their collaborative history together. Like with Life is Good. Life is Good is a perfect Drake and Future record. Um that that was sort of like it felt as if it came together over the over however many days it was. What was the what was the legend? Like it was yeah, five days or whatever. I can't remember. You're right. It's some bullshit. But I, I mean, like it's you know, I think even at the time, I think we all were saying it feels like that. That doesn't make it anything <laughs> that doesn't make it less, you know, that that doesn't mean that it had any less of an impression or that, you know, Jump Man did any less any fewer numbers, but like at the same time. Like, that's not the one that I go back to. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like, okay, Jumpman, obviously huge, right? Um, that hook, obviously huge. There, it, I think the thing about, I, I wasn't ever big into that. I guess the song I like the most off at a time is Live from the Gutter. And that's mostly just because I like that beat a lot and like the weird yeah. train track sound on it. But like, I think the thing about the Drake future dynamic, at least in this phase, and I do, I agree with you. I think, They've done better work since, but I, I always felt like What a Time to Be Alive was like a, a really cringe memorialization of the fact of like the Drake future partnership always feels like Drake is the guy who who thinks he's doing the other guy a favor. I hate that feeling. I hate that. Fe- it's the sleaziest shit from Drake a lot of the time where he like he thinks he can big bro everybody in existence. <laughs> right. And I, I don't know, yeah. I hate that. I hate the kind of, like, bogarting that Drake was doing to every artist he came in contact with 
I would say in like the second half of the 2010s. And I do feel like this album is like peak that is Drake thinking like, oh, let me like you, you, you look at it. You're like, yeah, I get Drake and future double billing. <clears throat> but, you know, Drake thinks that like he's the one pulling future. Well, up I mean, like this. it's also like I, I'm it, this is this is more of a question for like the the. <laughs> The hip hop stats account, but like <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure, and it's like this would be representative of how he feels mostly. I would imagine, but like how often does he let somebody else go first? Like let somebody yeah. like do their thing, like on the record, and then he's got to come up and like, oh shit, now I got to follow that. It's like I got to set the. It's got to be my energy. It's got to be my tone type thing. Um, I do know what you're saying, because like, yeah, yeah. because life is good also kind of feels like two people meeting each other on this, like, you know, oh, we met in the same boardroom and, (laughs) you know, like we, we, I mean, like you came here with your entourage and these, this, this, this separate entity, Nike, Nike brought us together. Here. I mean, I think, I think boardroom is one thing. It's just like on this album, I think on what a time it's like Drake met, Drake met future in big brother, big little sisters or whatever. What is it? Oh, I'll take that again. I think on what a time it feels more like Drake met future in big brothers, big sisters or something like that. I think that's what I might like. That's why I'm not that excited for the Drake 21 tape. Because I'm just like, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be that all over again. It's totally gonna be that. Like, their energy on Jimmy Cooks is great. Like, they had like you get it on paper, but it's just like this album's gonna sound condescending in a way that I'm not gonna be able to articulate beyond just calling it <laughs> condescending to Twenty One Savage. <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, it's like, well. 21 doesn't have Duty's beat selection. I feel like I said that before, but also like, yeah, like it, the, the, even the video, like the, for, um, for, for, for those of you that haven't seen it, like the Jimmy Cooks video, which is like the, the rap record that appears out of nowhere at the end <laughs> of Drake's dance album. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the 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 music video for the up for it is just the two of them standing in this um like on this giant stage with a big backdrop that's just like a you know like a bunch of screens arranged together um and like you know announcing that a new album is coming out uh, called Her Loss, a joint, yeah. a joint Drake and Twenty One Savage album. But the thing is that like Twenty One looks like is like the way the song goes. Like I said before, is like Drake has to come in and do his thing first. It's not like a, it's not like, a, and I mean like obviously it's a Drake album. It is a, it's a song book ending like a Drake album obviously he would go first if it's whatever blah 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 but at the same time anyway like he's coming in and he's you know fuck a night I'll, I'm a different mode blah 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 and 21 standing off into the corner just kind of like nodding like almost a little off beat like it's just like an awkward look and I mean like obviously 21 Savage's verse on that song is crazy and he will have crazier features on this album, probably. However, it will be like a Drake affair. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. 
This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold Slurpee drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But okay, so after anyway, I just wanted to sort of set just back to future. I did want to not skip over what a time to be alive. I do feel sure. like that's a big it's like a moment where it's like that's part of peak future, at least peak future part one. But also yes. it was not my favorite part but of also, peak future part and one. Also, like that awkward rap radar, you know, backstage uh video interview thing where he was just kind of like never happened. It never happened. Never happened. It never, it never happened, dog. I said that to so many people in my real it life to happened. this day. <laughs> you know, and he just happened. smiled. And it's like the smile. It's the fact that he has the shade. You gotta sell it. It's the fact that he has shades on. He's like up against the brick wall and he just does that future smile. Wearing a leather perfecto with a button down shirt underneath <laughs> it and the and and the wide brim hat. You know, with the aviator, like it's a specific, like it's 2015 vintage future. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right at the Napa Valley. And anyway, like, and yes, like he's and he says, never happened, never Never happened. (laughs) Which I think is like, all right. So after that, like, we get the spate of like Apple Music. Exclusive releases. Uh, Apple Music Future, yeah. <laughs> Apple Music Future. Apple Music Future was a bit of a drag. There's like, there's definitely like, okay, Purple Rain has some joints on it. Perky's calling. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mattress. Uh, I mean, like they, like it's got some joints on it. Love is evil, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh. And 
it was weird after that for a while, right? Like it was, it was, the, it was weird for a minute with Apple Music exclusives, but then comes the Apple Music documentary. Yeah. Um, before the Wizard. Um, which I mean, like I think kind of brought a little bit of clarity to Future's music making process because they had Andre three thousand and they're looking cool as ever. Talk about. You know, I think, you know, like some people try to make trap music more than what it is or blah, 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 blah. You know, like in the little sing songy, like, 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 I mean, but I, I can't do it because I don't have sunglasses on right now. Like, it's like I, I need the sunglasses and the rollback beanie <laughs> and the blistered M65 jacket in order to make it work. Right. Yeah, so, and, like, so anyway, and Future himself is just kind of like, well, no, sorry, no. Andre 3000 says, like, hey, why would you make one song out of Bombs Over Baghdad? Well, you, I would have chopped that shit up and made, like, 16 songs out of it. You know, like, you giving away too much material type shit. And, like, and I mean, that being sort of, like, Future could put any amount of whatever into whichever song he chooses. It's just that like sometimes you walk into the studio and you don't want to make a song. <laughs> and it's like and it still works. Like King's Dead is it is incredible for that fe- like this is mm-hmm. and this is around that period. Like um his feature on the Black Panther soundtrack. Um Kendrick himself, Kendrick, the steward of all things mm-hmm. lyrical, was like, because Future was like, all right, yeah, I kind of tricked that off. I didn't mean to, like, I didn't. I was just trying to, like, you know, get a melody down or whatever. It wasn't even, like, it was just one take, you know? Kendrick's like, nah, you got to keep that. <laughs> and so, like, it and it being, like, this sort of flashpoint for debate, <laughs> About whether it was the worst or best (laughs) rap verse of the year. (laughs) Yeah. That was incredible. Because I mean, like, and and this is after like Kendrick gets on there, spits 42 bars, and J Rock does 37 and some backflips, and then Future comes in and goes, La di da di da. Slap on me da. Iconic. I am on the side of it. It is iconic. I am on the side of iconic. Iconic. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, with his voice crack, I just lose you just you, you leave your body, it's dog. Too much. It's too it's much. It's too much. Uh. It's too much. <laughs> and then like after Apple Music Future, we get like collab future. Who like I mean, like he kind of like took a page out of a, a a bit of a page out of Drake's book with that, where it's just like every couple of like every couple of fiscal quarters or so, like for for like a year or two or three, Drake would do this thing where I'm getting too parallel to what rap music is doing. Like nobody is really going for these mink coats in front of the mansions with the dog mafioso thing that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to do some SoundCloud Lucy's. Who's hot right now on YouTube? Like those, like uh, the stuff that, like the Blockboy JB features and like the McConan stuff, like where he just kind of circle back around, come back around to what rap music is music is doing, just so that you could be excited enough to, you know, like for his next solo project or whatever it was. 
like maybe like what a time to be alive was like the biggest example of that. Maybe the start. Um, but future also like from like 2017 to like 2018 or so, like was doing like <clears throat> he squashed the 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 beef with like Young Thug, and then they like became best friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and made Super Slimy, which like honestly, a couple of those songs sound a little slapped together, or like you know, uh, like Young Thug came in over a future record and just sort of started yelping and doing his thing all over it. But some of that stuff like bought like the best future features that had happened in a while out. Like Mink Flow was on that. Like um uh Kill Before was incredible. But that was actually just a young folk song. I just needed to talk about that one more time. It's so beautiful. Um I think I'm the only person that still talks about his joint project with Juice World. Um like because the first record on it like uh is is good i can't really i can't even remember the title of it right now but the, and the rest of it is kind of negligible but the first record is good it was just very like you know like let me try some stuff and see what works let me go back around with the kids and see you know like what they're doing um which I think kind of like launched this next part of his like, you know, I'm rapping next to street niggas again and like not only hold them <laughs> over, but like taking the spotlight. Yeah, I was going to say, because you skipped over the one thing that is the most pronounced swing away from that, which is like you, you say 2017 future is the most triggering thing, which is like forget all these other niggas you mentioned. It's when he turns up on the fucking Taylor Swift album. And it's like okay, look. but like we're cancel, we're canceling, we are, ca- we're, we are, we, we're we're mem- we are memory holing the the Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift no features no. with 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 the fact that he had back to back number one albums in that same period of time mm-hmm. with 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 Hendrix and and the self titled Future albums. Um, it was a good day. For for, 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 for NBA all, press conference. Uh, all of all it was it was a good day for 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 me and my folks <laughs> and them like uh yeah but we but we 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 have no recollection of of the Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran features. Thank you. I would agree. Look, I would I would let that slide, but it's just like I love y'all care about it. Every time I see like the reputation hive, the sort of reputation will rise again. People who are like, that album was good. It's like, dog, the first five minutes of that album got me listening to Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Future. And like, look, obviously Taylor already did the thing where she dragged Kendrick Lamar into her mess. But at least Kendrick Lamar, you're like, okay, this nigga is conscious. He got to pay the bills. Why you, you know, drag he, his he, hood he, nigga he can, into this? He, he raps in like 17 <laughs> voices. Tra- he can spare three for a Taylor Swift Why album. Why did Taylor Swift like, bring this hood nigga into reputation? I'm so upset to this day about it. Um, I just couldn't let it pass without a mention because, you know, <laughs> just no. That, yeah, and yeah. That, okay, and now you've mentioned it. All right. <laughs> we can move on. You know, Future always, ha- he's very lofty in interviews and he kind of hides behind his sunglasses and the secret is just that, like, he's sober, right? Like, despite everything you think about him, he's actually, like, sober. He knows, he knows what the fuck he's saying, right? Yeah. And it's sort of like, 
I feel like that's how a lot of like the the longer that future goes on these runs, the more he sort of exposes the fact of like, like okay, that contrast with Kendrick and Future. It's like, look, man, the future. If Future wanted to, he could rap like the Heart Part Five. He could he could come out. He could like, do that. He could do he, it behind like, his glasses. Is a guy who could do that if he wanted to do that shit. It's very effortlessly. Like, like I like I like not to be like too you know niggas in the barbershop about it, but he really does be saying some shit. Like <laughs> if you actually like, it's like it's really like a. <clears throat> it is, I think that yes, it is like recognizable as a thing that he can turn on or off. Yeah. Uh, um. A la, like, you know, Paul Newman in The Color of Money talking about whether or not, like, he could be a flake. Like, it's just like, do you have the power to turn it on and off? And Future absolutely does. I just don't think that, like, it's something that's recognizable to you unless you have listened to him in volume. Yeah. (laughs) 612 songs. Right. Yeah. 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 Like it's not like the the thing you're saying with the la di da di da slabamina. Like there's some rappers where you'd be like, oh, he just came in with some ignorant shit because that's all he can do. It's like, nah, man, future like and Kendrick knows this it's too about really, him. It's almost <laughs> like it's just it's almost like a type of performance art. Like yeah. it's like a rock show is about anticipation, whether or not like the the lead singer sings over a recording of their own songs or shows up two hours later, whatever. It's about what they might do. And the fact that like you have your you have a placement on like the soundtrack to the biggest movie of the year next to like a critical darling and like ever a universally agreed upon generational talent that this is absolutely going to go into the files. Like, you know, this is going into the annals of history. And he took that moment to go, la di da di da. I love it. Oh, I absolutely no. love it. Um what else is behind um, his glasses? I think the other thing... Like, I mean, like, it's, it's like, I mean... And, the, and, like... And you get to touch a Grammy off of that. Like, that's really crazy to me. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing, too, is, like... So, okay, there's, there's, there's a bit of a genius behind those glasses. I think the other thing is, like... There's something about Future's music that strikes me as honest. It's kind of encapsulated in the thing you were saying about like, why would you sell, why would you just give people bombs over Baghdad? You got to chop that up in the 16. And the thing about like, some days you don't want to make music. It's like, there's something about future where it's either in an interview on, or on you listening to one of the tapes. That's like one of the like more sort of bloated future tapes where you're like, ah, behind those glasses, is a nigga like me who woke up and really didn't want to go to the opening shift at Kroger. You know what I mean? Like, it's something about that with Future where it's like, he's almost too much of a professional. He churns this shit out, right? And it's like, 
You've always had like mixtape era rappers like that. Like Gucci was like that. Gucci just churned yeah. shit out. He was in prison churning shit out. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like after Gucci got out of prison and he was having like the like the resurgence of like I, these are all my children type yeah. of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> like it it wasn't like it, it like despite all the like the personal progress he might have made and how he became the sort of beloved character it was his rapping didn't get any better like future like is having this sort of renaissance like with in getting to take like with people giving him his flowers also yeah um which is uh yeah um, it's it's a it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, like not to talk crazy about Gucci, but it was sort of like you're right. When Gucci finally entered the sort of like respectable, like post prison, you know, magazine cover, like existence that Gucci achieved after a point, it's like he he was rapping like a nigga who okay, he gonna start collecting social security. And you're right, it's like. Like and future, future is, is working. Here. Future is working. I'm in a club with two pipes, niggas getting their nose white. Like it's just, <laughs> it's it's just very like he's still out here doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Like, what else is there to say about future? Like, I I think one thing I always I, thinking back, like I was talking earlier about being complex during like, you know, um like, Real Sisters, like, you know, those three tapes and then DS2. It's sort of like, Futures is this weird case of someone who's like, okay, you take Drake, you take Kanye, like, you take this sort of big pop artists, like, big pop, they're not pop rappers, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, they kind of, like, make music in this way that's easy to write criticism about and kind of do the thing that Andre 3000 said of, like, making it a bigger thing. Right. And, and like projecting and grafting all sorts of like ideas about, you know, like masculinity. Like, and, and Because there's because there's so little provided to you, like in terms of like biographical information. Yeah. Like in terms of like, you know, real world, like hard context um, versus like what you can project onto it. Like there's a type of writing that happens around trap music that like, you know, kind of falls short of capturing what it is necessarily because you spend a lot of time and a lot of words and a lot of <clears throat> adages or, um, you know, facsimiles or whatever, like trying to trace something that you really can't get until until it until you get it like i like it's really there's there's something kind of indescribable yeah, that futures is still capable of creating the the idea of traces is it right because like not to get too philosophical about this right but it's sort of like the long shadow of someone like okay if we talk about hip-hop history right like rock kim what did rock kim teach everybody well he taught people that like you can do clever wordplay and stuff, but also, like, your songs can kind of amount to... Like, I don't know, I think, like, Rakim and Chuck D and, like, De La Soul even, right? Like, they tell the... They, they make songs that are very narrativized, and then I feel like you get more increasingly successful rappers over the years in that kind of New York tradition 
of like everything has to be a kind of story. Like you're telling a life story, you're working with ideas. And it's something about like trap as a movement. Butcher really is like such a like master of that, right? Like he's a guy who you only ever get like traces and glimpses to form the composite of who the fuck this guy even is. Because you're right. It's like withholding, right? I feel like so much of the best trap stuff is like just purely withholding and kind of makes you do most of the work. Um, Outside of the obvious stuff of like all the shit that's about slinging, right? Like, sure, that's face value stuff. But like... I mean, like things that like they can't really... Like, I mean, it's just sort of, you can't say, you can't say, like, legally. This is, like, the whole, this is, um, like, going back to uh, those two white kids from Texas uh, and the two, and Tupac records. Yeah. Like, and Bishop S. Rider, like, up to now and the YSL trial. Like, as far as, like, lyrics being used against you in the court of law, like, or in the court of public opinion, it's just sort of like, you can only be so specific or so detailed in this type of storytelling, if you will. I think it's more like, I I think it could be future rapping about selling drugs, or it could be future rapping about, like, doing a girl dirty you know what i mean it's it's he's sort of elusive about everything i think that's sort of yeah. like that elusiveness apply like it uh it extrapolates to everything he does right and raps about and i don't know i think that like if you think about um i don't know man think of what like social media has done to rappers or like what social media has done to someone like or not even just social media but shit, just like the internet and like tmz has done to demystify someone like Drake, right? Like, Drake is a dude who already, every fucking album he releases is his journal. It's his fucking diary, right? To demystify someone like Pusha T, even. Like, for him to have, like, you know, for him to write a diss song to the... to the filet of fish for that to be, like, a thing that (laughs) occurred. Yeah, yes. You know? Like, it's just sort of strange, isn't it? Like, <clears throat> yeah. yeah like it's just like the worst thing you could do is follow your favorite rappers on Twitter and that was like before like following rappers on Instagram was a thing and having just such this open tap of like access has made like a lot of things sort of lame and somehow Future like came out of the other side of that because there was like Again, to continue like the timeline a little bit. Yeah. As if we picked, I guess I dropped in like 2018 and we were talking about like the weird sort of nether region before like high off life in 2020. Yeah. Um, was like, like high off life. I think I wrote in my review actually at the time was sort of like, I felt a lot of like characters saying the title of the movie you know, during the, uh, like, while listening to it. I think it was like I had, like, a fourth wall breaking moment when he, you know, anytime he used the word toxic. Yeah, um, that's right. I remember it now. Yeah, like, it was just sort of like, all right. You, you're referencing you your own do- marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing, you're, you're really doing this bit thing. You know, I, cool, whatever. Um, and, I think that like 
maybe the logical end point of that was like an album titled, again, it was another all caps album, I Never Liked You, with the album cover being from the GQ spread that ran right before yeah. talking about how he was the best rapper alive. A claim that was met with like a lot of consternation. Like just because it was just sort of like, you know, what? Like, where do you get off? Blah, 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 blah. But then you think about it. And you keep thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. Because I actually like back in the day too at Complex with like I think I think Fraser might have been an editor on that story, but it's like yeah, back okay when it was sort of like. Future was getting to that stature where he could be in a position to do like a duets album with Drake, right? He's like that. What I remember when, when people first started having that conversation in the office and on Twitter of like, oh man, is Future the kind of guy that can snatch the top spot in like a best rapper alive this year type thing, right? Yeah. And it's even like back then, it was like hard. It was a hard sell. People really kind of like recoiled at the idea. It wasn't just about Future specifically. It was about like a guy like Future who raps like that and presents himself like that yeah. in contrast with like a Cole or a Kendrick or a Drake, right? Yeah, it's like, it's sort of like you know it's, you gotta, like you gotta win the primary type type deal. Like there's like, you gotta like it's there's still sort of a need to be a little bit squarish and lyrical miracle in order to be considered the best like rapper alive. Like, um, I don't know, like there's this sort of, um, like this big wave surfing attitude is like, you know, like in the same way that you got to do it at, at like Pipeline and Oahu or whatever, like, or you got to do it in New York. You got to do, you got to do this sort of thing and clear this sort of bar and like meet these criteria that Future like proudly did not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's in there anyway, you know, like he's, <laughs> you gotta, you really gotta think about it now. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, cause like in the, the GQ story that you're talking about, it's like Elliot Wilson wrote that story and it's like part of the, I mean, he, he spends part of that story reckoning with like what his first reaction to future was. It's like, you know, Elliot Wilson is like an older school, like magazine rap journalist. And it's like, yeah, like both him and BDOT probably yeah, are the I transcribed time. interviews for <laughs> Elliot Wilson, man. Like, yes, I like it's like Elliot Wilson is like hip hop. Yeah. yeah, it is like that gen specifically, like was not they I just remember how hard of a sell future was to them. And like Elliot's the one who then like writes this story, which I totally get, right? But it's just like that's so the story. I don't know. It's like you really himself almost is like the story of rap music in the past 10 years in that way right like yeah future is why we have like the show atlanta right like it's i mean there's a lot of shit that goes into that i don't want to oversell it but it's like yeah to your point about a lot of the social media and web media stuff that like that has just ruined rappers (laughs) the past years and future being the one guy 
who came out on the side of it, the other side of it, and is kind of like, frankly, unscathed by it. <laughs> in a lot, like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's just kind of like Thomas the Tank Engine of rap music in a weird way. Like he just, <laughs> but, but like Major Pain version of Thomas the Tank Engine, the the Vietnam. Uh, he just keep going and going. Oh, um, he just keep going, going and going. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, future... he don't know nothing about slip. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I think that's all I got about future. I just, I, I, I need to just talk about it because, like, yeah. Like you're right. The future, the future Renaissance is real. And again, it's like, it's it's so wild because again, the depth of future fatigue that I remember, like before we got to I never liked you, right? I it felt like a malaise. It felt like a recession. <laughs> Me personally, <laughs> like, yeah, um, you know, and then. Uh... And then flex up comes on your shuffle while you're, you know, tidying up the office, and you're like, "Ooh, what is this? <laughs> where, did, where did this come from?" <laughs> flex up, big bang, big bang, whoa, whoa. You've done a number of of beautiful impersonations of this episode, and I hope uh, Stefan supercuts them at some point uh, in either. Praise or incrimination, whatever Stefan wants to do. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else, Michael, we want to talk about this week before we head out? Um, no, I think um, that's all we got for this week. Uh, we will uh, be talking about Andor. Andor. This coming week, though. Um, yeah, like... Uh, we 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 we're 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 gonna we we're gonna talk about the Disney Plus thing, all right? Yeah, I I mean I guess it's like it's a it's it's a measure of goodwill for the fact that we're at least getting Daredevil back. We got to do something. And also, Diego Luna is like you know he's Diego Diego Luna is kind of great. I actually do really love Diego Luna and Fiona Shaw, who's in this. Um. You know, another one of my strange character actor people that I really love. But anyway, yeah, Andor. We're talking about it uh, next week. Yeah, but that's it for this week. That's it for this week. Email us as always at soundonlypod at gmail .com. Email us about whatever you want, uh, including, you know, excluding anything that in any previous episode we've told you not to email us about. Uh, refer to previous episodes for uh, a list of those things. Um, I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Michael Peters. Shout out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. See you on next week.